Hello and welcome to Easy Operations. This is episode 17. My name is Ron. Today I'm joined by Mondo. How are you? Hey, what's up, guys? And I'm joined by James. What up? All right, guys, we are fresh from the scene of Evo 2017. That's what we did this weekend. We took a nice geyser road trip, uh, drove up there for a few hours. We spent the weekend there, and uh, it was a a good time. Uh, You know, we... They kind of situate this tournament in, in a way that I didn't like it, that you have to pay for multiple tickets. So one of them is the preliminaries, you know, trying to get to the finals and the tournament bracket. Those are held on like Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And that also gets you into a nice little viewing mode or not viewing mode, but like you have like these vendors, you can buy t-shirts, uh, parts for your fight sticks, things like that. And then ultimately on Sunday is the big arena, and that's the separate tickets. That's what we had tickets to. Um, James, give me your overall impressions of the weekend. Uh, for anyone that's not aware, uh, Evo Tournament is takes place in Las Vegas. This is a fighting game tournament. The best of the best players from all around the world see who's number one. And I enjoyed it. I, this is our first time um, going to this. Now we know a little better of what the structure is for next time. I think it will be... But a little bit more value if we uh, pay just for the Saturday ticket. That way we get to go inside, still watch a little bit of the preliminaries, and then still get to see the vendors of things we had to buy. Um, what Ron didn't mention that is that we actually still ended up going on the Saturday date, but we kind of did a uh, a ghetto route where we bought we did a, one we did a hack. <laughs> we did a hack. We, we did, did a hack, hack where we bought one pass. And then we just pass it off onto each other. So we would take turns going back and forth inside, taking a view of the tournament and seeing what's for sale and looking at all the vendors or the little game demos that they had uh, presented. But it was a a generally good time. I especially liked um, the actual main events, even though I didn't know what was going on. The the commentators, especially for the games that we generally never played, such as Blast Blue, it still ended up being entertaining. They still added drama um to what's going on because we don't know who these players are but we can just tell what you know their play style if they're on the losers bracket um what place they are it was exciting i enjoyed it quite a lot and monitor what did you think of the weekend Uh, i enjoyed it um only thing was that yeah that kind of did suck that we have to pay for the days but i already knew that going in um I did try to save up some money to buy either a joystick, but I'm like, you know what, guys? We can just get that on Amazon or something else. The only real collectibles would be like the statues or the bus that they sell there. You know, limited edition joysticks, you know, with the extra accessories. And to go back to James's point, the commentary for the fighting games was like off the charts. If you were like a total noob, just like he said, uh, when it came into uh, the fighting game Blas Blue, the commentators did a hell of a job explaining the mechanics, explaining uh, what the uh, actual player was trying to do. So it looked like not only were the players invested, but these announcers were invested to the audience. And that just made the atmosphere more more friendly towards everyone, new or old. So that was really fun. And the overall stage presentation was awesome. Uh, They've been doing that for, I believe, three or four years now with that same presentation. Um, I can't wait for the next year's evo 2018 i'm looking forward to that and i think i'm just going to do either a thursday friday maybe a saturday and that's it probably watch grand finals at home yeah mondo i agree completely um i think the way to go to this is 
go to the preliminary days. Just, you only need to do it in one day. And right there, you're going to be able to play games that aren't released yet. Like they had Marvel versus or Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. They had that there on display. They had a couple of uh, previews of games. You could get to see some of the competition in terms of the preliminaries right there on the floor. You could get merchandise that's very unique. If you want to upgrade your joystick or your, or your fight stick, they have it there. And then just go ahead and stream the uh, tournament on Twitch at home. Uh, now, that being said, I thought it was really cool to be in this stadium-type environment. Uh, it was general seating, so it was nice to be able to switch up to different positions. You weren't limited to your seats. You can go in and out. Um, and it's nice to kind of get a feel for the crowd there. But now that I've done it once, I'm good with like not going again and just streaming it at home. But uh, it, it was a great time. And, uh, you know, my, my other little minor complaint is just with the scheduling. Uh, of course, the main final event is Street Fighter. This is what I wanted to do or to see is the game that I'm most familiar with. But the problem was is that they were showing that at 7 o'clock at night. And we live about, I don't know, four to five hours away from las vegas and so this would and be depending moving. on the traffic it's gonna be you know another six or you know two hours extra three hours depending on traffic yeah exactly so this would mean that essentially once that tournament had ended if we had stayed for street fighter we would have been getting home easily past like 1 2 a.m and it was a bit late for me because i had to go to work i know you did too mondo so um you know i wish they would have put that up there a little bit you know up sooner in the day we ended up leaving during smash brothers because you know what i'm sorry guys i'm not a fan of the series and Same. much less in the tournament form when a lot of the kind of crazy special effects and super moves are taken out for the purposes of the tournament so it just was super boring and that was our cue to leave <laughs> hey i was knocking out you guys woke me up <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one one thing I wanted to talk about is we wanted to give a nice shout out. We this particular night we went out to visit a couple of like um, I want to say nerd theme or like pop culture theme bars, and it was really a tale of of how to do things right and how to do things wrong. And what I mean by that is we went to this first place. It was called the Millennium Fandom. We found this place on Yelp, and it had a, a number of good reviews. And this is in Las Vegas. I want to give these guys a shout out. The we were just kind of walking around there. We had ordered our drinks and the owner of the bar comes to us and just wants to make sure that if we're comfortable, set up a chairs and a table for us and went into really explaining his whole philosophy for decorating this bar. And he, so there was so much thought put into every single corner of the room. He made references to Game of Thrones, to comic books, to Star Wars, to all kinds of sci-fi stuff. Fifth and Element. Fifth Element, yeah, and just so many other things. It was just so cool. It was this French guy. And the, now I will say the drinks were a little bit expensive there, but, uh, you know, we were supporting we were supporting the effort that they, they put into it. It was actually uh, strange that the liquor this time was cheaper than the beer that yeah. you guys got. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's how a, it is uh, in France. I don't know. It was Bastille Day. <laughs> I had a – was our beer $8, Mondo? Was that, yeah, $8 yeah. for a – was it a ballast something? And my Jack and Coke was only uh, seven bucks, so one time was... it's cheaper than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, now and we had a great time, and they happened to be showing Spider Man that day, and he was talking about how he's going to set up a Game of Thrones viewing party. Great place. Now our next stop was the Nerd, and this was in downtown Las Vegas. I want to call it a bowling alley with a bar attached to it and a couple of 
screens where they were playing some video games up, up front. But and this billiards. was really don't forget the billiards. They, they did have billiards, which we did play. Now they did have a lot of references to kind of video games and this and that. But the thing is, the waiters. One of the bartenders, I should say, was dressed like a typical nerd, as if you would be watching Revenge of the Nerds. You know what I mean? Like a pocket protector, pants really high and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, come on, man. I don't need you to like slap me in the face with it. That's such a stereotype. And it just seemed... Uh, what's the word I'm trying to use? Uh, no, it was a guy. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you said a girl. My no, bad. no, no. It was the it was the guy bartender. They And then they did have a girl in like, uh, I guess she was like a power girl costume or something like that. She can slap me. But I just felt like it was, um, what's the word I'm trying to say when you kind of take advantage of, of something or, or, you know, like I it was trying too hard. Yeah. Right, <laughs> trying too did hard. You, or... Did you guys get that same impression or am I just looking too much into it? Trying to get a cheap buck or cashing in. on Yeah, the, cashing on the in. That, that's yeah. a good way to say it. They're, they're trying to take advantage of uh, what's popular, so to speak. But yeah, you know, I, I saw that. And then uh, one of the displays that I didn't like was that Mick Foley thing in a glass case. I wanted to become like Seth Rollins, take a baseball bat and light it on fire with my matches or something. Like, damn, I, I, that, that that bugged me. Okay, but, but Mondo, Mondo is referencing his hate <laughs> for uh, Mick Foley because he got snubbed for an autograph many years hey, ago. Hey, hey, but that's that's for another five, ten minutes down the road. <laughs> All right. Yeah. One, one other cool thing we got to see in uh, Las Vegas was the Pinball Arcade Hall of Fame or Pinball Hall of Fame. I think it's just Pinball Hall of Fame. But it is Are you sure arcade. it wasn't when we were trying to get duped by those two women? No, no, that was uh, a. <laughs> this was the Pinball Arcade Hall of Fame. Stay on topic, Mondo. All and right. <laughs> I, I am. I am. <laughs> and this is a really cool place that I recommend. It's family friendly. Anybody can go there. You don't need to be 21. There's no beverages in there. And it's like they have this huge collection of machines, and you pay like an old fashioned arcade with quarters into the machine. And they have a great collection of pinball machines. Many of them in working order, and another a number of like classic, interesting arcade machines. And I had a great time at this place. It was just cool. I love pinball, and it's just fun to see so many theme tables. And I would highly recommend it. What did you guys think of this place? I agree. I like that some of them. I guess due to its rarity, they would have a little mini story written on them. For example, I'll say this is the uh, one uh, the one thousandth. One out of the 3,000 builds, and it had a little history on it. The one I was specifically looking at was this WWF Royal Rumble uh, themed pinball, and it mentioned on that little history um, little page, it mentions that since due to the wrestlers keep rotating uh, out of the company, they had to keep revising this specific pinball machine with new art every single time. So it was kind of nice learning all the history on some of these, um, and some of them they seem to have some high tech pinball nowadays where there's uh, HD screens, you could play multiple games on one, and some are just fully digital. Um, it's great to see just the generations of pinball machines over there. It was awesome. Yeah, I played uh, the one and they cost a dollar for a play, which for a pinball game is a little bit expensive, but it was a modern machine because it was the Batman. Uh, it was a tribute to the 60s TV series, and this had a nice LCD screen that played video footage of the TV show, and uh, it was a really cool uh, pinball table, and you know, I wish they would have a home console version of it because it was just a fun table to play, and I like the, uh, the theme of it. Did he do the Pat 2C? <laughs> you know what? I didn't get that far into it, but oh, uh, it, it was cool. It had all the sound effects and everything. So, all right. And uh, last, we want to touch on, uh, I guess we'll give a little review of the steakhouse that we went to because 
I like to have steak when I go to uh, Vegas, nice tradition. And uh, we went to the steakhouse at the Bally. What was it called, James? Uh, BLT. Oh, yeah. BLT Steakhouse. That's right. Now, we didn't order BLTs. We ordered steaks. Now, uh, for me, I'm always a filet mignon guy. It's typically what I like to get. But I wanted to break with tradition. This place, when we saw it on uh, Thrill List, that's how I found out about this place. It was known for its 28-day aged New York steak. And we pretty much all ended up getting the bone-in version of that. And... I like it. They said that their steak is a little bit on the crusted side for the outside of it. Um, We all order ours, I think for the most of us, uh, medium rare. And I liked it. It wasn't the best steak I've ever had, but it was solid. I'm going to say that to me, it did strike me as a little bit pricey. Maybe I haven't gone to a steakhouse in a while, but look, 50, no, no, no. It was $61 for a bone-in New York steak. I don't know, guys. I mean, am I, big, am I being cheap here, though? But am I being cheap? Is that no. is that, is that, that, is a, that is an extreme price for a yeah. steak. But, yeah. I mean, we're in Vegas. YOLO, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. It was delicious. At least it wasn't bad. Otherwise, that would be even worse. <laughs> we spent all that money just to not like the food. Yeah, I mean, I'm being critical, but we all finished it, and I think we all liked it. Mondo, do you agree? Uh, I was kind of tipsy, so I'm just going to have to agree to disagree. (laughs) And one last uh, shout out to this taco joint over there. That seems to be the the hotness. Everyone seems to go there. It's called Tacos El Gordo. They serve Tijuana style uh, tacos and everyone goes down there. seems to be the spot for tacos. Uh, We even had our Uber driver specifically mention that a lot of people that he picked up uh, wanted to go there. So uh, if anyone's looking for tacos, head over there. Yeah, but pro tip, if they have two locations in Vegas, so if you want to have less crowds, you want to go to the one that is not off of the strip, or I should say not right on the strip, so kind of a little bit further out into the city. All right, well, let's talk about movies, guys. In one of these rare instances, you know, most people, when they're vacationing, when they're traveling, they don't go to the movies, but we did. We were just hanging out. We were chilling. We like and, uh, we're doing yeah, it for we, you guys, we like the movies listeners. And, and damn it, we were doing it for the podcast. So damn right. we, we went to go see War for the Planet of the Apes. This is the third movie in this recent reboot of Planet of the Apes. And uh, I really enjoyed this movie. And one of the things that I think watching it stood out to me was how far... Uh, computer special effects have come to the extent in which I would say a good 80% of this movie is through the uh, apes that are being portrayed by uh, computer graphics. Uh, I actually would think the whole movie is because only the, the the other characters, the human characters are, you know, they're technically secondary characters in this, in this specific story. And then it was kind of nice that it was fully on the CG characters. Yeah, so maybe yeah, maybe closer to ninety percent. Um, but did you did you enjoy the movie, James? I loved it. This is probably one of the best trilogies in quite a while. It's very you know I'm into the sci-fi, this kind of weird world. Uh, I was digging the story. I really like Caesar's uh, arc that he went from the first movie all the way to the end, and the whole uh, the whole world building of this of this of this time because i guess it is uh, quite a bit from the last movie um but you see how it eventually leads to the original movies sort of you kind of get an idea that they're aiming 
uh, towards that direction. And this was a great way to get that started. Mondo, what did you think? Uh, overall, it was a great movie. I thought there was like this uh, whole awesome relationship and you got to uh, sympathize for the uh, apes. And uh, there was a little touching moments where I kind of shed a tear here and there, you know. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was great, man. Uh, highly recommend it. If uh, anybody has not watched uh, part one or part two, I jumped in there without watching part two. I only saw the first one. This one does a great job on explaining what's going on. Oh, right. It's very standalone, yeah. uh, surprisingly. So, they do the things that you need to know. They kind of go over it really quick in the beginning crawl. And you kind of get ideas of it during the movie. It's very standalone. Um, you don't you necessarily never see, need to have to see the other two. So, yeah, it was a very enjoyable. I liked it. Yeah, and uh, there's, I don't think there's anything to watch after the credits. So don't feel like you need to stick around for that. And these days, it's it's worth looking into. We'll save you the trouble. You could just leave afterwards, but uh, we really enjoyed this movie, and uh, we're excited about it. And next up for us, just to give you a little preview, we got tickets to Dunkirk, so that's what we're going to be watching, and that stay tuned for that on next week's episode. All right, so uh, as far as TV shows, um, not a lot for us, but James, I see that uh, you jumped into this Netflix show, Friends from College. What did you think about this? Because I'm very curious about this show. It's an entertaining show. I would say it does take a little bit to pick up. I would say after you get the hurdle of the first two episodes, it becomes a lot more funny, um, especially once you get to know the characters. Because initially, uh, kind of like Glow, the characters initially are not that great of people. So it's kind of hard to relate to them and uh, root for them for whatever's going on. But it's I would say it's kind of a, a dramedy slash comedy um, Keegan-Michael uh, Keegan Key is the main character, pretty much. And his main thing is that he move, is moving back to New York where all his college friends are. So they're all starting to hang out again. They're all older. They're in their 40s. So they all have their own lives going on. But there's some interpersonal drama that I don't want to spoil. Um, but it does lead to some hilarity. I highly recommend it. Um, but just keep in mind that these characters are not very likable people. And if you can get over that, then I think you would find, a, uh, find it a very enjoyable show. Yeah, I was listening to the Slash Filmcast, and they were talking about this, and basically it kind of talks about how this is what it's like when you meet up with your friends from a long time ago, and mm -hmm. you have all these inside jokes that you all know, but now everyone is in a relationship, and they're not in on the jokes, and it's it can right. be awkward at times. Do you kind of see that as well? Uh, yes. So they go through a lot of that Um it, it it does lead to from some very hilarious moments. And like I mentioned, I don't want to spoil it. It's best just to watch it on your own. But I can see this, this show being polarizing. But for me personally, I quite enjoyed it. And I like that uh, Keegan-Michael Key is getting leading roles. And it's uh, and he's very likable uh, and a charismatic dude. So I'm, I'm rooting for his success. Okay, now are these shows a half hour? Or how long are the shows? They're half hours and it's only eight episodes total. Okay, so that's not too bad. I oh, like I like half hour shows. They you can breeze through them pretty fast. And there's a lot of stars in that show too that they pop up in there that you don't expect. So it's pretty nice seeing uh, a very ensemble cast. Okay, and uh, next up we have Game of Thrones, the season premiere of season seven. Uh, I think James and I saw that. Mondo still needs to catch up a bit, but no uh, thanks. <laughs> James, why don't you give us a non-spoiler impression for those of us who have not caught up with this series? Uh, what did you think? It 
is a great setup to this season. Uh, that's all I can really say in regards to this episode. It's primarily all setup. Um, the little bit of a fallout from the last season finale with the intro, which is great, by the way, with a specific character. But then the rest is all setting up uh, the pieces to if it finally feels like it's getting to the good parts or the, the stories finally coming, you know, all this build up, all these past seasons have been leading up to it's finally getting there. And it's, you know, it's very exciting. Um, and it's it's. I don't know. I'm very hyped. <laughs> that's, that's all I can say. I'm finally, finally, this is because I had some critical issues with the prior seasons that where it's always the first episode where is is awesome, where it's leading up to something great, it's setting it up. And then the middle episodes tend to filler, be a lot of filler. And then the last two episodes of the season ends up being crazy and awesome. I'm hoping since the season is shorter this year that it's primarily no filler. They get right into it. And that's what it seems like it's getting to at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. I think it's you got to think of uh, Game of Thrones season premieres as setting up a chessboard. There's a lot of pieces that need to be put in place. And over the course of the rest of the season, they're going to move into position and eventually they're going to start to make some moves. Um, but I enjoyed it. I think it's still on to a great uh, course. We've been with this show for you know seven seasons now. And it's interesting to see how far everyone has come. Oh, yeah. uh, in the show. So uh, I will talk about that. I took this opportunity to uh, jump on the Hulu uh, edition where you can add HBO to your Hulu subscription. Uh, there's no real discount to it. It is basically the same price as if you were to buy it from the standalone app. But I just figured let me just keep my bills all in one place. And uh, I went ahead and ordered it. And I wish that I, if I can review the, the, the way you get to things, I have yet to see – I just want to press like HBO section and just go into all the shows that are there. I ended up having to find this show by typing it in the search bar. Now, that I found it there. Is there a section for networks? I, okay, I got to double check that then because you know, I was just particularly looking for this one episode, so – I didn't mess with it too much. I, you know, it's it's only been one or two days there, since I've there tried it. There definitely is. I that's yep. what I generally go to because I tend to go to a lot of ABC shows. Okay, I just go to ABC and go to things from there. I'm um, not a fan of the new uh, user interface, by the way. Yeah, it's a little. It looks it looks flashy, but it, it's uh, a little bit cumbersome to navigate. Uh, and by the way, that's the indicator of whether you can get this HBO on your Hulu is it has to have that new uh, interface. Oh, really? And apparently PS4 does not have it. This is only on for the consoles, only on Xbox. Oh, interesting. Uh, as of this time. <laughs> Xbox exclusive. Uh, yeah. Speaking of that, uh, for people that do not have any of these uh, services, uh, if uh, but as long as you have an Xbox system, they are uh, giving away the first episode of season seven for free. So it's free to watch for anyone that cannot see it um, based on the cable subscription. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> okay, Mondo is not a fan. All right. So let's get into TV movie news. Uh, first up is The Shape of Water. This is Guillermo del Toro's latest movie. This is a trailer that was released uh, not too long ago. And uh, this is, I, I guess it's a love story in which this woman in uh, older time, I guess the 50s, falls in love with what I can only describe as literally the guy from Hellboy that, that is the uh, the water guy, the water man. Ape Sapien. It's literally that guy. <laughs> That's a great one. I did hear internet rumors or, you know, the internet mo uh, mongering saying this is a backdoor spinoff for that character in Hellboy, so you never know. 
I mean, that's the first thing that popped into my mind when, <laughs> when I saw this guy. Now, that being said, it, it, it does appear to tell a touching story. Uh, there's a ton of great actors in it. And uh, I'm all in on this movie. Uh, Mondo, what did you think? There was a trailer. <laughs> okay, you didn't see it. So, James, what did you think? Uh, it looks good. I'm always down for any Guillermo del Toro movies. He tends to do kind of these weird fantasy movies that are very adult. Uh, not in that they're graphic or nudity or anything, but just very... Uh, you can tell that's very intense. There's may, um, potentially a lot of violence in this uh, this universe that they're going to display. Um, the guy who plays General Zod, I don't remember his name. I think Michael Shannon. Uh, he looks looks great in it. I'm looking way forward to it. If you guys are down, that guy Michael Shannon, I feel like he is meant to be in retro movies. Like <laughs> he just looks like he stepped out of that time period. And whenever I see him in something modern, I don't. I don't buy it. it. Like, yeah, it doesn't fit. Like when he was General Zod, I'm like, no, 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 no. You're you're meant to be in that time period. You stepped out of your time zone. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. but it looks good. Yeah. All right. Well, that was that's about it for TV movie news. I guess it's a slow week. Let's get into games, which unfortunately, because we were out of town for the weekend, we didn't play too much. Uh, one thing I wanted to give a special notice to was, uh, you know, guys. I've been a fan of Xbox Fitness since the launch of the th- Xbox One. Now this, for those of you that don't know, this was a way that incorporated the Move, no, not the Move, I'm sorry, the Connect uh, sensor, and it tracked your heartbeats, it's, it told you if you were doing your exercises right, and it was a chance for me to get in some workouts and have some kind of feedback on whether I'm doing things right or not. You can get achievements, it gave you scores, it was a nice way to gamify your exercises. And uh, I, I want to say a, a few months ago, they announced that they weren't going to do any more support for it. And so there was because the way they monetize it, it was a free thing. And you used to be able to buy subscriptions. So like if you wanted a kickboxing one, if you wanted like a ultimate fighting one, I, I never spent a nickel on it. Maybe I'm part of the problem why it closed down. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, all this to say that I wanted to fire it up the other day because it kept going. It was literally down to like two types of exercises you could do, but I was still going. I was a true fan to the literally the last day. And I fired up. They said, there's an update for this app. And I downloaded it. I was very excited. I said, ooh, are they updating? It must be something good. And this was an update to basically not allow the game to boot anymore and to tell you, thank you for, you know, your service to this game, but we're done. So I just, I guess, <laughs> I just wanted to express my disappointment and, you know, I don't think we have anyone that works remotely at Microsoft here. But, you know, I just, it was a missed opportunity. I wish you guys could bring that back. But I understand why the, the modern Xboxes have not been bundling connects for many years now. And, uh, you know, did you guys, I know you tried it a couple of times, James. Did you ever get a chance to play this? Or uh, not fully. Using? I did know that a lot of that content you had to pay for. Did you buy a lot of that stuff? Not one thing. I always wow. went on the free ones. <laughs> There were full extensive workouts? They, yeah, absolutely. Good half-hour workouts. I sweated my butt off, and uh, I would do it multiple times, man. So you worked out in front of your Kinect nude? <laughs> no, not nude. <laughs> workout clothes. How, how does it know that you're sweating, bro, or your heartbeat? It uh, you has an ultraviolet camera, I believe. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Or infrared, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, a silence, a moment of silence for yeah. the recently departed. <laughs> Mondo, did you ever try this uh, Xbox Fitness? 
Just once. It was really good. I liked it. Uh, yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess the next one up here is we happened to fire this up. We Mundo was nice enough to bring his Xbox to the house we were staying in. And we played this game, Guns, Gore, and Cannoli. This was a four-player, side-scrolling, shoot-em-up type game. Almost like a Contra type game, I would rec- I would say. Uh, James, can you tell me a little bit more about like how you found out about this game and how you picked it up? Uh, it was on sale on one of those uh, in the mega sales that uh, has occurred every... I forget, like, they do a spotlight on indie games or uh, Sega games. Uh, they do these, you know, rotating spotlights. And this was one of them that was on sale. I believe it was, like, four, three to four bucks. It looked cool. I liked the art style, and it was uh, a Metal Slug Contra-esque game. And I don't have too many of those on the system. And it was up to four players, so why not? Just picked it up, and it ended up being very fun. Mondo, what did you think of that, this game? It was fun. Okay, uh, I liked it a lot. I thought it had a great art style, a, a fun little theme to it. Um, there's a, It's just a ton of enemies being thrown at you left and right. It's a nice game. I think in the context that we played it where we were couch co-op, it was really fun. We were messing around. Um, I would recommend it. Uh, something to think about if you want to have like a good kind of couch co-op type game. Yeah, and then... Uh... It had some silly character designs in there too, so you always have some sort of something to laugh at. So, yeah. all right, well, let's get into our uh, game news. And uh, it recently was announced there is a new Atari and Genesis box, and I think this is the latest effort to sort of cash in on the uh, NES Classic. Now, I do want to point out the NES Classic wasn't the first to do it. There have been uh, these. Uh, portable genesis systems or compact genesis systems i see them at target actually but i guess the nes classic really recaptured that enthusiasm and so this is a new company that's re-releasing an atari flashback and uh, a sega genesis flashback and uh, these are coming out on july 28th what's interesting is that they kind of have them in tiers and so like if you want to play atari games and it'll have like 30 games, it'll be a certain price, and it can go up depending on how much more games it has. But um, I think for me, speaking for myself as someone that has owned an Atari 2600 many years ago, I have zero interest in replaying those games. I'm sorry, it was great at the time, and I had a blast, but there's not a lot of replay value in it. Now, a Sega Genesis, I could be interested in that, but you know what? Like, If you go back to the last generation consoles and get that Sonic Genesis collection... That's going to give you everything you want, and you don't need to be buying any of these consoles. Uh, what do you think, guys? Are you, are you interested in this? I like the Genesis uh, more so than Atari, although the Atari looks cool. I like the little wood finish that it has. Um, but this was a generation where I was too young for... I only had one or two games. I think one was Pole Position. And uh, I never got fully into gaming until the Nintendo systems came around and Mario fully turned me over as a gamer. And uh, the Genesis, the, the games on there looks, you know, is really, is a pretty solid collection there. And if for any Sega fans, I think this is a worthy pickup. I don't think everyone uh, grew up getting a Nintendo, uh, Genesis because either you're either a Nintendo guy or a Genesis guy growing up. Um, but if you were, this is a solid collection because like you, the one that you mentioned, the Sonic, uh, anthology or, uh, how do you get that nowadays? <laughs> it's, it's, that's just as tough. 
Um, so I, I think this is a good option. Uh, definitely a cash-in, uh, but anyone that's looking for that nostalgia factor, this is a good pickup. Mondo, what do you think about this? Any interest? Okay. Um, you know, the thing is, is that when you look at the game list, particularly for the Genesis, it's mostly Sega titles or Sega first-party stuff and uh, Mortal Kombat games. But there was a, quite a few things that I didn't recognize, and I'm like, are these made-up games? You're not going to see a lot of third-party stuff on this box. So just something to keep in mind, but... It it's not too outrageous in its pricing. There's a ton of games. I think one of them has like 80 games or something like that. So, you know, there's more combat. Yeah, it is more combat, which is kind of cool. Yeah, um, that's the yeah. one. That's the version with the blood too. Yes, uh, you had to do a code for the blood. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, when I was a kid, I had the Super Nintendo version, and uh, that was only green, green blood. <laughs> and the fatalities were changed. They're I remember specifically Sub-Zero. Uh, yeah, well, they, they were still violent, just not explicit. Yes. I only remember uh, Sub-Zero where he just freezes your head and smashes it. But other than that, it wasn't as cool as uh, him ripping your spine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but the graphics were excellent, though. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, that's yeah, true. True that. All right, well, next up is uh, an announcement for those of you that have Doom and this recent release of Doom we've talked about on this podcast. Good news, the DLC is free in this uh, recent update, which is funny, they numbered it 6.66. All the DLC is free, which is really cool. It's going to make me want to re-download this game because I deleted it. I'm I'm super particular about not having hard drive space taken up, but I will re-download this to, to try out this DLC. And uh, also, they kind of revamped the way you unlock uh, perks and level up in the multiplayer. And they were kind of completely resetting it. And it's supposed to be a little bit smoother transition. And you can kind of work towards the specific items that you want to unlock. Whereas first, it it was a little more randomized, as I understand it. So, um, uh, in addition to that, they've actually put the game on sale. Um... Uh, for fifteen bucks, yeah, fifteen bucks. Yeah, that Big. is that is a great deal. That is to me highly recommended uh, for that pickup. And let's see here. And apparently, I'm looking at this Polygon story. There's a free weekend beginning the July the twentieth. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, for people and, get to try it out, and if they like it, it's fifteen bucks. Yeah, and then uh, PS4 owners, their free weekend starts. Uh, a week later so just keep that in mind if you want to try it but this game i would highly recommend it and it is a steal at that price definitely yeah all right now next up was the nintendo chat app this is uh i guess the app has been uh released now splatoon 2 will be one of the first games to use it but one of the things to come out is that not only do you have to have the app on on your phone uh, but you cannot lock your phone, which well. is going to drain everybody's battery. And uh, James, if you get a text, you better not check it because it's going to cut your connection. <laughs> and, uh, and also, because you have to plug in your headphones into your phone to get the, the chat audio, or this means you don't get the game audio either. So huh. this just sounds like just such a terrible and, and half-baked solution. What do you guys think? I agree. Just what a mess. <laughs> what yeah. a mess for this system. Uh, it's easier just to call your friend or 
use any alternative apps like Discord or Skype or Hangouts just to communicate with each other. Um, don't know what they're thinking. Hopefully, maybe in a year or so, they'll revamp their online system so it could just work right off uh, the actual console itself rather than requiring this app. I'm not sure why they're doing that. Maybe there's ads or something on there that will monetize people that download it, but what an awful system. Yeah, and and one of the things to come out of this was we talked about it a, a couple of weeks ago is that uh, photo that came out about the, the workaround. Apparently, you need that piece so you can kind of get both game audio and uh, mm. chat audio. So it it is just a mess. And let me just say, no one is going to be chatting. This reminds me of the of the old days when PS4, I'm sorry, PS3 didn't come with the headset and nobody was chatting. Right. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Nintendo's always behind on this online infrastructure, so maybe this will teach them if no one uses it. Yeah. Uh, okay, next up is uh, Titanfall 2. There's an expansion with four-player co-op. Uh, I didn't get a chance to read the story. Who, who put this up here? I did. Uh, it's a new expansion. Basically, it includes a couple maps along with this new mode where uh, it's Mondo, if you, if you call it. It's kind of like Frontier Defense, but it looks like it's a little bit more evolved. And it's a cool. It's a free update. I uh, highly recommend it. Titanfall 2 has always been great. Um, and it's nice that they're continuing to give free DLC content. Uh, all right. Uh, Telltale announces new seasons of Walking Dead batman and wolf among us so they basically announced their kind of slate of upcoming games and uh, hold on let me pause this thing um and it's going to be a sequel to the batman series i actually have that but i haven't finished that i literally finished the first episode um it's going to be the third season of walking dead am i right the third season uh, i think it's the final season it final be the fourth season. season fourth season uh, do they even count the Michonne one? Is that a sort of side no, story? No, um, this current one, which was called uh, Something Frontier. Okay. Was a, it's technically the third season. And then lastly, a, one more season. This will be season two of The Wolf Among Us. That's something that they had given out. Uh, one, it was either PS Plus or Xbox gave it out. Might as have a, been both. Uh, <laughs> might have been both, yeah. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. I got to get around to finishing that Batman. So I'm not even, this isn't even on my radar for now. And ultimately, you know, if you like these Telltale games, this will be right up your alley. But to me, I feel like you got to space them out because it's just very similar in just terms of how things work. I mean, James, you, you probably played the most of us from these type of storylines. Uh, are you going to be picking any of these up? That I am. I enjoy these stories. They probably have the best narrative of most games that come out. So I like narrative. I like stories that they, they produce. And the game, while simple uh very um you know point and click and choosing uh uh dialogue trees uh the story is what draws me in and out of those the uh, ones that you mentioned wolf among us was probably the most i liked in terms of its story um and i can't look i can't wait for them all right uh and uh you know what that's gonna do for us short episode this week um, I do want to always request for some show feedback. If you like things, if you don't like things, get want to give us ideas on how we can improve the show, we would greatly appreciate it. Also, if you would leave us reviews on the iTunes or Google Play Store, whatever you like to use, it would be highly appreciated. We only have a couple last I checked. Um, it would really help us with the rankings, and we're trying to build this up as best we can, make a better show. So anything 
you could tell us would be a learning experience for us. So we appreciate it, and we appreciate the time that you've taken to listen to us and listen to our show. So, uh, and by the way, if you do want to give us that feedback, that is at easyoperationsqa at gmail.com. You can also like us on our Facebook page. So uh, with that being said, we are done. Have a good night, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care.